Seventh Avenue Pizza, the official pizza of the Soda Pod. The Soda Pod, the official beer and hockey podcast of Seventh Avenue Pizza. Welcome to another edition of uh, the MNCAA podcast. Uh, I'm Drew Cove, joined along by State of Hoppy himself. Um, talking a little Gophers, a uh, little start start to the season um, podcast recording. Obviously, we're doing this. The recording's taking place while the exhibition game against Bemidji State's happening. But uh, um, just kind of gonna get you into the start of the season, Scott. How 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 happy are you um, for the start of the season to happen? It's honestly like really weird this year. I don't know what makes it different, but it was such a boring off season for like Minnesota hockey fans in general, with the exception of, of course, Cooley deciding to <laughs> depart and I was about everything to say. that happened in Mankato. That was, uh, that was pretty much all that kept me busy this summer, but it just like went from zero responsibility to, oh shit, there's a lot of responsibility like that. And I'm just like, give me one more week. Give me one more week when most years it's like, give me hockey now. But as soon as it's here, I get excited. Like just seeing the first two goals here, we've already got a beauty by Oliver Moore. Single effort. We're going to talk about him a little bit more here. And of course, Rhett of House Pitlick, my guy. Um, honestly, beautiful finish on the goal for those that have uh, seen it or not seen it. But oh yeah, uh, I think the feed might have even been better than the goal by uh, Connor Kurth. So all the better. Um, I know you were just chirping away though. When we got in here talking about the chaos of college hockey in the opening weekend, because of course, besides the Gophers, everyone else is actually playing real hockey. We're the only ones kind of playing bullshit playground hockey. There's yeah, there's a lot of exhibition games, obviously this time of year, the the Gophers almost always play one lately. It's been against in-state teams, but it's been, um, the Lindenwoods and the Alaskas of the world sometimes uh, at the start of the season. Um, but this time there's a lot of other teams playing games that, that matter this weekend. And it was, you, you got to like, think like this is kind of weird stuff. So for one, uh, this one didn't end up the way that it would be like a complete offshoot, but uh, Penn State played Long Island, who's had a program for like two or three years. Uh, Long Island had a lead into the second in at the end of the second period, and uh, Penn State ended up coming back to win. But that was um, that was a very close game. St. Thomas beat St. Cloud, St. Cloud State on Saturday. Um, Michigan lost to uh, what was it? Providence four to two. Um, BU beat Bentley just barely in overtime. These are these are a lot of things so far this year that. Uh, obviously it's one day and one game and the teams haven't had a lot of time to practice or maybe they don't have their full roster together or the line combinations are right, but that is chaos. That is absolute chaos. Cause like the blue bloods, like a lot of people now are saying BU is like one of the favorites to make it back to the frozen four, um, even to the national championship game. Um, Michigan is obviously very highly touted with all of their, uh, NHL prospects and, uh, all the, the high flying offensive talent they usually can recruit, but boy that was a what a first what a foray into the college hockey season right it's like you see some of those like the michigan one to me is the most surprised like a two goal they they lost by two goals like to to probably like 
Providence is is good, but they're not they're not in Michigan's they're not in Michigan's stratosphere at all. I don't think. No, and I, it is interesting though because of the teams you named, Michigan's the one that I look at where it's like, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that their program is in disarray, but there's a lot of shit going on there. Like first and foremost, let's just do the general roster attrition, right? Mm-hmm. The players that moved on and are playing in the NHL, they leaned on Fantilli and Hughes. And I just feel like it's going to be interesting to see where they go now. It's not to say that they don't have the talent to backfill. Mm-hmm. It's more so that's a huge shift in everything everyone did last year. Then you've got the absolute dipshit who decided it's fun to just be anti-Semitic, be, we'll just say trash. Um, I hope that he does not get another chance from another program, but we all know that in a year or two, he'll probably end up in North Dakota or something once people have forgotten. So I don't know. They are a team that I'm really curious to watch this year and see, do they take a step back? Um, I still think that they're the best roster in the big 10 besides the Gophers, but you never know. We'll see. Yeah, it's it's going to be a tight conference again. I think we like we talked about at the end of the year, but or at the end of last season. But um, Big Ten's going to be a, a. It's I mean, Penn State's still on the rise yet again. Uh, Michigan State, I think, is going to be. Uh, I bet they're the most improved uh, team this season in the in the Big Ten. Um, I think I'd put Ohio them State, right there with Wisconsin. Yeah. Oh yeah. True. That <laughs> I shouldn't no. have uh, necessarily forgotten. I didn't really forget about Wisconsin, but uh, yeah. I mean, do, the, do we the, think the Wisconsin for- Mavericks. For wild fans, do we think that uh, Charlie Strammel is going to manage to get like instead of a fake ID, does he get like a fake like AARP card and like whittle his way into being able to play for uh, the great coach Hastings? Hey, I mean, as as long as he's roughly, I mean, he's he's just got to play like he's twenty four or twenty five. That's that's all he's got to do. <laughs> but yeah, that might be a bit of a uh, might be a bit of a difficulty given how young he is. So. Yeah, both those teams, I don't really know what to expect. Like, either of them could totally burst onto the scene and be a top three team in the conference. Mm -hmm. Both could very easily still be bottom dwellers because they still got some shit to figure out. I don't really know, but eh, we'll see. I I honestly think bigger concern for the Gophers right now isn't in the Big Ten. It's what do they got to worry about here in the Twin Cities that's brewing? You already mentioned St. Thomas pulls off the upset in game one overtime victory over St. Cloud did end up losing one zero to them on Sunday. That sounds pretty competitive to me. Like, is this first off worrying you at all about what might be to come with a growing rival? Or do you look at it the other way and say, is St. Cloud slipping a little bit? I think it could be a little bit of both. Um, I think St. Cloud could definitely be slipping a little bit at this point. Um, But I will go back to I I do have a bit of a memory where it's a lot of people who a lot, a lot of like podcast people sometimes don't like to remember what they said when it was like maybe going to be wrong of and uh, boy I feel like I'm going to be wrong on saying that I think I said St. Cloud will maybe be a, a decent powerhouse like regular rival to the Gophers in like five ten years I think that's happening a lot sooner than that um Thomas? I'll, I'll, yeah. Maybe I maybe I misheard. I thought you said St. Cloud. Oh, I meant sorry. Everyone, I, everyone listening is either roasting me or you right now. I don't know yeah, which either way. I'm I'm trying to to go back <laughs> on my bad take about St. Thomas and 
they're better than they're they're better already i think than than what i thought they were going to be even at the end of last season so um i'll eat my words there and i hope i do because the more in-state teams the be- that are really good um consistently the better um yeah. but this this should be a really good test i think for the gophers right away it's just the the it, playing at the x on uh on the friday game and then they're going to be playing back at mariucci the new mariucci looks a little weird still on the tv cameras even watching the highlights of the goals against bemidji state it's like that doesn't feel like the home arena but um yeah st thomas will be a tough test i mean if they can take st cloud like that um i think the gophers are gonna have to uh not that they're gonna let like look right past them because obviously the games count but um, they're going to have to really do their due diligence because I think this St. Thomas team could could really be a threat this season. And uh, I'm sure uh, Ryan Stieg, uh, a fellow MNCAA um, podcast representative, will, will have a lot a lot of good things to say about St. Thomas this year going forward. Mostly about the process. <laughs> the process. Got to trust the process. And I think, you know what? We're going to see some some advancement. The process is going to get a few more steps along this year. Um, and, uh, the Gophers are going to have to get the brunt of it because they don't really know what things are looking like internally for them. So, um, we'll probably have a really good picture on what St. Thomas is around like December, January, but they can, they can make a lot of waves in determining how they're, how they're, how the process is being viewed, uh, so to speak, if, if, uh, they can really make some headway now against some really good teams and, uh, I think a national title contender with Minnesota. Very fair. Let's shift then. We we already talked about the few notable things that happened this summer for Minnesota hockey. The one that we missed more recently, we've got a decommit from the Gophers, Cole Eiserman going to BU, which I mean, after their almost loss, maybe he's considering flipping back. Who knows? But uh, I break it down, Cove. Like, what went wrong here? Yeah, it's uh, it's disappointing because you, the Gophers have always, I mean, not a lot of Gophers recruits have ever come from Massachusetts. I don't know if anyone has ever come out of Massachusetts to play for the Gophers. And if so, it's been a long, long, long time. And uh, just having a guy come out of that, uh, that fellow hockey powerhouse. I mean, you think of like, I think of it like three M's. It's like, all right, Minnesota, Michigan, Massachusetts. They're just the very top of producing high quality college. We, hockey. We got, we, got, we got to include Maine too, just because of those beautiful jerseys. True, true. Very true about that. Basically, um, if, if your state starts with an M, you're probably okay. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, getting a getting a kid to leave Massachusetts, it's it's tough. I it obviously historically it's very tough to do, and I think to go to the Gophers, that's in, that was an incredible get. But being kind of early in the process, you think it it did have time to to marinate and say, well, maybe I have a good opportunity, and maybe. Uh, you're talking to some guys and you just, it, it ends up flipping and that that's what it seems to have done. Who knows what the more uh, extraneous reasons about it were. Um, I think regardless of where he, he would play, he would make them, I mean, he would be going either from BU or Minnesota, you're going to be on a contender and you're going to be a centerpiece of whatever that team does largely good stuff. And I don't think it would mean it it's not that difference in terms in terms of wow he's going to just a nobody team that he's going to really lift up and and turn into this into this absolute powerhouse by himself but it's a it's a, it's disappointing that it happened because obviously he's a he's a, a big name guy uh, a guy that the Gophers really would want to count on in the future obviously is having uh, a pretty recent history of some high profile recruits coming in and doing really well um, but yeah it's definitely a loss for Minnesota going forward and having to. 
um, either one find new recruits to take that place or to have the guys that are existing there in the time that he would have been here to be uh, just that much better. Yeah. And I mean, really the closest thing that we can compare to him is Logan Cooley, who yep. uh, unfortunately will not be with the team this year. Uh, I don't know. I, it's funny watching some of his highlights already with the yeah. Arizona Coyotes. He's got multiple highlights at the NHL level, and the season hasn't even started. It hasn't even started, dude. There was the the shootout goal in the preseason game. There was the Australia like exhibition games where he mm-hmm. just absolutely turnstiled the LA Kings defenseman. Yeah, almost have to just be like, "Yep, I get it, dude. You yeah. you were ready." Yeah, it, it, I, I've said it numerous points last year. I think, you know what? I always think that coming back for another year of college is good because we've we've seen too many Gophers prospects go a year a little too early and they're not physically ready for the NHL, but he's so shifty and so fast that he seems to not need any of that. I mean, not that he's not a big guy or like a physical guy, but he just, I, there are some guys that don't maybe need that extra, that extra year. And he, so far, obviously playing on the Coyotes is a different animal and playing in the preseason. But if he can translate it and keep this highlight reel going, like good for him on, on getting that deal. Cause like, that's, that's exactly what, like for the prospects like him, it's like, all right, yeah, he's just playing college to get ready for that next level. And I think college is, is a great way to physically get ready for that next level. Um, but yeah, he was just so dominant that you have, he had to have wondered a lot of times just say, man, am I, am I ready for it? And so far it looks like it. And, uh, to the, uh, to the chagrin of Gophers fans who want to see him wear the M. Uh, but I think, I think most of the fandom is pretty supportive of him at least now and seeing those highlights and saying, man, this guy was cool. It was good. It was, it was really fun to be able to even just see a year of him, uh, playing for the Gophers and get him, get him as far as they did. I think if he left in April, there would be zero issues from anyone. Oh, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's the way it happened. It's saying that he's coming back, the excitement around it, especially with it being, you know, a home natty this year hosted mm-hmm. the X. Yeah. People started thinking things and expecting certain things and they kind of just had that yanked out from under them after he uh, attended development camp. That's where I think people got more pissed off that he mm-hmm. said he was back. Oh, yeah. And then he's like, Oh yeah, just kidding. Kind of like uh, Cole Eisman. Hey, I'm going to come there. Oh, just kidding. It's like time heals all wounds yeah. except for the gophers. Time <laughs> kills all happiness. So the new world of college hockey and college recruiting, right? It's just so much more fluid than ever. It's just, it's kind of wide, especially like even when guys that are here, it's just, and the, the, that's the bad part about some of those high end prospects too. You get the, I mean, not that this isn't, is as bad as the Kyle Poza thing, but like the, just it's happened to some of the blue chip gophers guys in the past. Just they, they get a taste of it. The Jack LaFontaine obviously being supremely good at the college level. And obviously, um, not necessarily having that translate once he left to go pro. Um, but still it's like, it's hard to, it's hard to think if, man, if these guys think I'm ready for the next level, maybe it's, maybe it's my time to, to try and take it. So, um, yeah, it's unfortunate for the Gophers, but, uh, obviously the Coyotes benefit. Cause I think they're going to be a lot better with him. Um, not only just with him, but with all the other former Minnesota connections, all the other former Gophers. Uh, Travis Boyd, obviously, I think is he was a great, he was a joy to watch with the Gophers. Um, Nick Bukestad, of course. Um, so, a lot of a lot of fun guys. Uh, if you're a Gopher fan and you uh, don't have any allegiance to the Wild, really, pay attention to the Coyotes. 
It'll be a fun year. Or if you're just a snowbird that does go there. Or if you get ESPN Plus and you don't get Bally. Uh, that's what we did a lot last year. We watched more Coyotes games and Wild games in our house. So, Yeah, that, that seems fair. Yep. <laughs> Goddamn Bally. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, Cooley's gone. Turn the page. We cannot replace a Logan Cooley. That, that's nope. just not going to happen. Like We can all sit here and hope and pray that Oliver Moore can be that. I do think that he can fill certain shoes in that matter, but to expect him to put up the same numbers as we saw from Cooley last year is unfair expectations to place on him. Mm -hmm. Committee approach, like what needs to happen to backfill and round out the top six for the team to at least have a similar type of firepower. Boy, I mean, and not to mention, too, that uh, obviously he left in more normal circumstances, but Matthew Nyes, I think, was such an important piece on this team for what he represented from like a work ethic, uh, the position, like the style of game he played as a power forward. Um, he created a lot of things. He made it, excuse me, everyone's lives a lot easier um, by possessing the puck and being just a monster like in on the boards. Uh, just anywhere, but like even without the puck, he would just like he'd find a way to get it, it when he could. And I think one, they're going to need that same kind of 200 foot player to really emerge for the Gophers to to be a top line guy and to really make that type of thing happen. Um, I think the best the best case scenario right now, I think, is Jackson Nelson coming back um, yet again, um, being an older guy, really really big body. He's going to have to make his physical presence known. Um, and make sure that he can, with whatever high profile line mates he's going to have, he's going to have to really, really be on it this year to make this team successful. I think Bryce Bradzinski, another guy that's coming back, I think he's going to need to, um, not just use a shot, but be a, be a really good distributor and to make a lot of those younger guys who have that really elite high level potential, um, to kind of fall into it, to say, all right, here, I'm. I've been this guy who's been really good with the Gophers for a long time. We're, I'm going to try and shepherd you into being the next, the next level, and let's let, let's make it happen this season. I think Jimmy Snuggerud's going to need to take up. I mean, he's the most logical candidate, I think, to take up the, um, the full Logan Cooley uh, presence as much as he can. And then Oliver Moore too is going to have to be a top six guy. I mean, I, I I don't think the lines tonight were completely indicative of the way things are going to go. And Bob's at times put the top guys at the fourth line. Cause he, he's like, who cares if it's a fourth line or a first line? It's like, we have talented players all throughout the lineup. That's always been his reasoning, but um, I think it's going to be really important for guys like, like Snuggeru to really take the mantle and say, yep, I'm the guy. I'm going to be able to do it and everyone else follow in. And then it'd be even more important for guys like your guy, Rhett Pitlick, Connor Kurth to fall in behind and say, we can, we can pick up the slack. We can be what this guy was last year and just kind of keep the train rolling from there. Sure. And yeah, I don't know a snuggeroo to it. You catch yourself wondering because again, like he had a great year last year, but that's playing with Nyes and Cooley. And mm -hmm. I do expect him to take a step and contribute more this year, but I don't know that he can replace the the Cooley presence just because they play a totally different game. Like mm -hmm. Jimmy is there to fucking bang home anything that gets sent his way. Yep. He needs the Logan Cooley to facilitate that. Mm -hmm. And that can come by yep. group consensus. You named a lot of great names there in a perfect world, not to start the season, but Gophers are healthy going into the postseason, God willing, 
what's our first line? Oh boy. Um, I think if everything goes to talent level expected expectations, I I gotta think Oliver Moore's the one C. I gotta think Jimmy Snuggerud's on the wing, and oh, somebody like Pitlick, Brodzinski, Nevers on the other wing. Well, don't give me three. I want to know what your ideal is. <laughs> Who, my ideal, okay. Guy? Um, I'd say my ideal Addiction. is. I think Nevers is my ideal because I think he's a really good worker. Um, not to overload it with like two guys that can finish on the outside. Um, because I think Pitlick would be the guy if you if you want two big finishers. Um, and Moore is just a complete like just assist king. Um, I think to have like a three guys that are do slightly different things. That's what I think worked about. Yeah, like Nye's cool. Just like snubber. last year, man. Yeah, he's great totally. power forward big playmaker kind of speedy like shifty guy and then the finisher snuggerud like that like you need you need to find who those guys are going to be and to me the best the most logical way for that from i guess from my perspective to see that happening is uh more snuggerud and nevers but if radzinski can add that element to his game from being more than uh just no, no, a, don't 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 back off your shot. nope nevers nevers is the guy radzinski's not the right fit I hope he can be, though. I hope he can. Yeah, no, I hope that's, so. Too. That's the only downside. But so let's like let's round. But you're optimistic. Yeah. We we don't need to do the the entire lineup, but I do want to hear the second line because I think that's where people are more concerned than the first line. So first line is what you just laid it out to be. Okay, mm-hmm. Coach Cove is driving the ship. What's the second line at the end of the year if that is the first line? If I can't use Brodzinski, I'm going. You can. Pitlick. I can't do. Well, I, if I can't, first line, you have never I can't have him on the first line. That's what I mean. Right. Uh, so we'll go Pitlick. Whoa, whoa. I didn't say you can't. You picked Nevers and then tried to double down and be like, well, but it could be brought. No, make a line. All right. Like you imagine Bob going in beginning of the game, like, you know, pregame speech. All right, guys. First line for tonight. Going to drive us home. We've got more Snuggerud. I think Nevers, but maybe Brodzinski could do it, too. I'm not sure. <laughs> See, that's why I'm not the coach. There we go. <laughs> um, so line two, definitively, Pitlick, Nelson, Bradzinski. Oh, I think Jackson Nelson's, uh, he, he's, like I said, he's going to have to be a big contributor. And I think if he can be on the second line and be uh, a really, really big force, that's going to be really good against a lot of, uh, a lot of not subpar defensemen, but second pair defensemen of other teams, especially in the mm-hmm. Big Ten, other worse teams that have worse T2 pairings. Um, they're going to need to, they'll, they'll be able to make hay, I think, uh, on, on that, on that front. You're going to need to defend yourself then, because there's a lot of people listening right now who are screaming. Why are you not playing Pitlick with Euglin? That's true. Uh, Defend it. I'm not saying it's wrong. Yeah. Why? why, why I thought I was going to have to defend it once I got the, okay. Um, I, I think Huglin shows flashes, um, and I think he's really good at at being a just a, a shifty like. Now he's not Logan Cooley, but he he has some Logan Cooley type tendencies, um, at least from what from what we saw last year. Um, but I think he'll be able to be a guy that can make a lot of things happen for some for like a Connor Kurth or like a Brody Lamb. I think those guys could fit in nicely with him and like a a couple like younger ish guys. Um, with the older guy to to really, so you're basically looking at Huglin, uh, Lamb, and Kurth 
as the if Lamb doesn't play center, like I think that that could work, and then maybe they could shift around. But sure, okay, interesting. And we've already talked about Oliver Moore plenty. We got some young guys on the blue line. What what are expectations here? Boy, um, it's going to be a lot of change, and I think the. It's tough I, losing three of your top four defensemen. Yeah, that's not ideal. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> certainly far from ideal. That's uh, people are telling me very not ideal um, for this situation. Um, but I think guys like Luke Middlestad, I thought his second half was crazy good. Um, he's going to really need to be a big part. But I think Ryan Chesley too is going to have to be that uh, not under the radar guy, but just to be a really he's he already shown that he can be a really good skater. I think that he's going to have to be able to facilitate a lot of things uh, for the Gophers. And once they get uh, Mike Kester back from injury early in the season, I think he's going to be uh, an incredible member, uh, an, an incredible represent representation of what this defense needs to be and what they lose from uh, uh, Brock Faber. I can't believe I've stumbled dude, on that for a second. Dude could, dude could slay on yeah. the power play. Yeah, I think I I've been a Mike Kester guy for uh, at least a couple years now, and I think he's he's been the most underrated guy in that defense. And now that he's kind of, I think once he's back from injury, I think he's going to be one of the more he's obviously one of the more experienced guys in the in the entire room. And uh, I think he's he might even be the only upperclassman in that group besides Carl Fish. Um, so the only regular older upperclassman guy. Upperclassman. Uh, well, like from. So, like is he only a sophomore? Mike Kester? Or oh sorry, Kester, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, he's like a senior. He might even be a senior. I don't think he's a senior plus one, but um Mike Kester's yeah. been around and I think he's he's really got an opportunity to really take up the mantle and be be the Brock Faber leader guy on the back end. Um not necessarily to the Brock whole, Faber like, leader um, guy. That's the, the whole... title we're gonna give him. <laughs> Brock Faber leader guy, Mike Kester, um <laughs> checking in. But he's going to need to be that guy because he's he's been the the regular on these teams that have gone deep into the playoffs and to to really make sure that all those younger guys um, really come along and and come along fast because they're going to need it. If they, that's that's the one thing that they're really going to need is these these younger guys to learn uh, very quickly uh, to play very well together <laughs> to to make uh, make some make some good impressions early and uh, eventually put themselves in a good good shot to make the tournament. Beautiful. I think we'd both agree, though. Probably the biggest thing that we're hoping can give a jolt to the lineup here after mm-hmm. last year. Look good, feel good, wheel good, right? Yes, sir. Oh my yes, god, sir. we've it's the first time in a while that I've actually been like excited about a Gopher hockey jersey. They look incredible. I loved so way back when I worked for the Daily in college. They had. It was like the last couple years of just the, it was a gold jersey with just the M and it had the little Minnesota insignia right at the collar. I thought that was great. They never wore it enough. And it's really disappointing they didn't. And then they didn't bring it back to the new, uh, and especially when they did a lot of the Doug Luke tributes, it was a lot of the diagonal stuff, which is really good too. But I'm very glad that they brought a gold jersey back and it looks incredible. I think the throwback gold, the skating goldie, kind of like on his side. That logo is. I've always thought like the Gopher women. They have incredible jerseys. They have they for so many years. Year. Why, why can the men not follow? It's, it like and they have on their maroon jersey. They have the skating goldie. And I've like 
I can't believe that the the men didn't do that. Like, did have that logo as a centerpiece of something for a long time because the women were just killing it in that jersey, and they still are. And it's it's I I think they're that maroon jersey with the skating goldie is better than anything the Gophers have had in the last like the men the men have had ever in in like the last ten years. And it's a, it it's it's a good looking jersey. The new one with the gold, it's awesome. And the like the striping on the new white and maroon ones, just incredible. Better, um, way better than what it was yeah. before. I gotta wonder though, because you saw people go nuts over the jersey reveal for the girls, for the women. Mm-hmm. Sorry, you gotta think that they immediately were like, "Shit, guys, we gotta change the yellow one, change the yellow one, change the yellow one, pull that all together." Like, did they delay the jersey reveal because they were working on that behind the scenes? Because you know, like, that has to be why they picked that. I don't know. I I think it's a popular logo, and I. They've never touched it though. Yeah. They've never used it. It's been a ama- it's been uh, like a shoulder patch way back when I think when it was sure. like new in like the 60s or something. But like that's how long ago. It's like that is such a especially right now because they were doing all those 60s throwbacks with Doug Lug and stuff. So um it's yeah, it's it's incredible they didn't use it as a more of a focal point until now. It's great that they did. Um and I think they're going to be looking great uh coming this season and I hope uh uh can't wait to see what uh can't wait to see especially the gold ones either on tv or in person but those will be uh those will be those will be really nice and the uh, gophers are going to look really good this year that's for and sure. of course they'll probably be very unaccessible for fans to purchase because gophers are just really good at making money <laughs> yeah it's always tough to buy the like the replica jerseys right why why uh, it, I've I've never understood why because especially like even in the bookstore they don't sell like the 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 correct version and as someone who's like a I'm definitely a jersey guy it's like right. I would never if I if I got a jersey with like a name on the back I would need to like they would have needed to have played in the same era where that jersey is hundred percent that's the reason that I don't have a Kessel jersey yet because like mm-hmm. I need to find the legit dude those Easton jerseys they're oh, yeah. the most beautiful monstrosity ever. Yeah, and I need a Phil Kessel in that jersey, the same jersey where he's throwing the hand up. That's yep. the one. If I only, need. if only this year the team could have gotten like full issued, like the reissued uh, synergy sticks. If they could have gotten that for the team, because the yellow works perfect. Like Dude. that would have been. Hey, that would have looked. They real need. Nice. They they just brought back those synergies. To your point, I yep. need a remake of the Stealth CNTs because that is like the greatest hockey stick that's ever been created, and. I had a stockade of them and I'm down to my last one and I'm terrified. Whoa. The second that breaks, I am officially retiring from beer league hockey because <laughs> I'm not going to learn how to use a new stick. I'm that pathetic. Yeah. Yep. I also stub my toe and go on the IR. So there you go. <laughs> no longer an actual hockey player. Yeah, it's beer league. Beer league's all good. You'll, you'll tough it out. No, no, that's the point. I won't. <laughs> Beer league. I will absolutely not tough it out. In high okay. school, I'd get a concussion and I'd sneak back on the ice before the trainer could stop me. But now, no, no, no. I anything. If if I have a little bit of a tummy ache, it's like, guys, mm-hmm. I am mangled. I'm sorry. I won't make it. Guys, my tummy's hurt. My tummy hurts. I'm out four to six weeks. <laughs> no, I've got point, a body it's injury. Like, it's up. Out four yeah, to no, six I've, yeah, I've got a middle body injury. <laughs> That's too specific. Can't can't go that far. Too specific. Well, but it's not really upper. I guess it is technically upper. All right, upper body injury. There we go. Above the waist. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> All 
Oh man. But no, Jersey's beautiful. I really hope that they make them more accessible because I would gladly get one. I don't even know what uh, I take that back. I know exactly which player I would get. That was a lie. <laughs> which player would you get? If you can't answer that question, we're not friends. <laughs> I just wanted I wanted to see if it was different from what I thought. It, it'll go really nice next to next to his brother right there. That's right. It will beautifully. And hopefully I don't have to have Garen sign it saying that he apologizes for waving him because if he waves a rat, I don't know if I can ever forgive him. That's true. I feel like a few Who more transactions would waved? need to happen. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. He would first have to acquire him and then say, and then, and then wave him again. So hopefully I don't do that with two pit. pit uh, that's what he did with the first pit. Like he yeah. acquired him and then waved him after getting a fucking hat trick. At, we, we can't talk about this. I'm going to get emotional. Nope. I'm going to have to call in for another upper body injury. Just being yep. sad. <laughs> upper body injury. Crying too hard about madness. About, yes. About rim. Uh, improper hydration. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cramping. Cramping of the eyes. Yes. I got something in both of my eyes. <laughs> Oh man, but no exciting. Do we, I mean, is the expectation here Cove that opening weekend at the X, do we get a clean sweep or what? What's the prediction here? Um, as much as the chaos in the college hockey world is, is making me think twice about it. I do think the Gophers are going to, are going to sweep St. Thomas. I think it'll be a really raucous crowd. At least I hope it's going to be a raucous crowd at the X on, on uh, Friday. Um, but then I'll be back at Mariucci on, on Saturday. So uh, home and home doesn't really feel like a home and home, which is nice, going, especially going forward. Um, it'll, it'll be it'll be a, a nice start to a, a fun rivalry, hopefully for many years to come. But uh, I don't know if St. Thomas is going to think the same way about this weekend in particular. Fair. Very fair. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on, on the on the upcoming weekend? I think it's very helpful that they just played so tight with St. Cloud because, mm-hmm. you know, the the typical move for any strong program like the Gophers, who even with the loss of all the players that are gone now, still definitely a top 10, if not top five team, at least to start the year. Mm-hmm. Really easy to overlook little brother, right? Yep. Them coming in and putting the test to St. Cloud. I think is a wake up call and I think the Gophers are going to show up ready. Whereas mm-hmm. maybe they wouldn't have if St. Cloud won those games like five to two. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that saved them from an opening night upset. Yeah. I mean, the Gophers too, they can't afford, especially for in-state fans. I mean, that's been the clamor for years is that they can't risk the little brother becoming big brother too quickly because the Gophers fans have had that happen with St. Cloud UMD for a number of years. And I think finally they've they're they're slaying those St. Cloud demons for sure, but um and Minnesota State at least at this point recently. But for a number of years, the obviously the, the big talking point was the in-state teams having a, a huge number on the Gophers, and that was a big problem. And they they lived long enough for themselves to become the villain and uh they the the evil empire of the state. Um the Gophers the Gophers were big brother, but uh they were not winning like it for a while against those in-state teams. So I think they're going to want to establish um, maybe really, really establish that relationship early to realize that uh, to let St. Thomas know that they um, maybe give them a, a, not a wake up call, but to say, Hey, here's, here's what it's like to play with, 
with the big boys. Like these, we're going to be in the frozen four and here's how we're going to play and to beat them two straight games. So here, here, do we know which uh, jerseys they're going to be rocking for that opener? I don't know. Cause they wore the maroons uh, against Bemidji at home, which almost never happens. Um, so I bet they'll do, I would be cool if they did the golds on Friday at the X and then to go with the gold, dude, especially yeah. if St. Thomas wears purple, dude. Yeah. That yeah. would be really nice. Uh, yeah. And then like Lock, the whites yeah. back at, uh, Barry, back back at home. on Saturday. And then, so. and then we've shown them all off. It's beautiful. It would be, I, I, that, I think that'd be ideal for me. Cause then I think a lot of people will be watching it on TV. Cause I think it's on Fox nine plus the Friday game, both games, at least the Saturday game I know is on Fox nine plus, but, um, I can't remember what the, the Friday game is, but I'm sure I, I believe it is on TV because the Gophers are all on TV every game this year, regardless of where they are. I think it's Big Ten. Uh, there is one game on Peacock, maybe because of Notre Dame, but um, other than that, I think they're going to be more accessible than ever, especially for the people who don't have Bally, um, like me. So uh, if you like watching Gopher hockey on TV, uh, this is a good year for it. I think with a lot of cable and cable plus like extra cable channels that they're going to be on this year. So I've, I've um, just got to commend you cove because you're like one of few people that actually says Bally, which is correct. Everyone on Twitter, it's Bally's. And I, I just don't know where that comes from because it, it is not Bally's it's Bally sports. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. I guess I never even thought about it. I, I'm glad I pronounced it. I, I would get glad I was saying it right, but nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. Locked what I in do. already. Okay. Oh, beautiful. Well, exciting. We get to see the season actually kick off here this exactly. week. Everyone tune in. Uh, tomorrow, we'll be dropping the latest episode of the Soda Pod. Um, kicked it back because we're hoping that we can have a, an interview lined up for Monday evening. So stay tuned for that. We've also got the rest of the MNCAA crew coming back to you middle of the week per usual. I got nothing else, Cove. Sign off. Yeah, I got one more thing, too, uh, at least for next week. Next week's Gopher edition of NC- MNCAA. We're going to have a very special introduction of a new regular guest on the podcast. So um, be sure to tune in for that. Uh, it's a very familiar voice and familiar face to a lot of people who have paid attention to to the Gophers and, and Gopher hockey uh, fandom over the years. So you're going to want to tune in for that, uh, for that big reveal uh, when, when, that come, when that podcast drops uh, next week. Big but uh, exactly. So, uh, thanks, thanks to everyone for joining us. Uh, be sure to follow us uh, on on the Soda Pod wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, um, until next time, we'll see you at the rink. Join us for another week in the den of Huskies Warming House podcast action. Nick and I don't just work the MNCAA scene. We have our own show, too, with new episodes every week. Find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and everywhere you enjoy your favorite hockey podcasts. If you can find the Soda Pod, you can find us there, too, along with CenterizeView.com and Huskies Illustrated.